another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. And welcome to it. Yes, it's another edition of SAPeople.com with Mel and Jen. Of course, Jen sitting in Antibes in France and Mel sitting in a very strange Johannesburg at the moment where people seem to think it's spring, but it's not. Okay, it's definitely not spring. And Jenny, do you remember? Oh, no, you weren't even here. You were, were you here in 1981 when it snowed in September? But I know you weren't here when it snowed the last time in Johannesburg, which was nine years ago. No, mm. no, I was not no. there. You weren't? Where were you? Oh, you must cold. have been on the beaches. Well, um, it's been cold. It has been cold. But um, today is overcast and I was hoping for rain because it generally rains in the second week of August as I'm always so fond of telling everybody and they just completely ignore me. But yeah, the weather, I think, you know, everybody says, why do you talk about the weather? It's because it affects everybody and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no such thing as bad weather, though, only bad clothing. And uh, I see you looking nice and summery sitting there. What is happening in the world of SA people? Um, Lots is happening, and you just triggered many things right now. You know, like you say, there's there's no bad weather, only bad clothing, except if your weather goes to like 47, 48 degrees. Mm. And um, Mm. I think in Italy today they're expecting something huge like that but in greece you know they've been experiencing um forty-seven degrees, which yeah and on the ground it's actually been uh measured at over 56 oh uh, degrees celsius in athens last week and there was a south african who made the news on reuters and around the world because um a lot of people in greece have been really upset with the government's response to the wildfires, mm-hmm. which were destroying homes, properties, businesses, and everything in uh, north of Athens and also on one of the islands. And so this one, it's South, or he lived in South Africa for 25 years, uh, Stelios, he hid in his house when they were meant to evacuate because mm-hmm. he was just so annoyed because the authorities didn't respond to him for help. And um, he hid in his home and then he got his host pipe out and he managed to save his house while all the houses around burnt down. He saved his home. And uh, but obviously his daughter was, you know, is grateful for the home, but was really devastated because uh, she didn't know if he had died or not. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, it ended up being a good news story. And he, he seems to have one that, that kind of South African chutzpah, you know, that I'm just going to do this. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, if you've lived in Africa and especially in the last few years, trust me, you can go out and do it because nobody else is going to do it for you. Hey, That's for sure. But except for this, the Boko who, sheesh, in the closing minutes, I mean, giving me a heart attack you know i'm sitting there and going oh no they're gonna choke they're gonna choke oh and then of course they you know sometimes you expect them to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory but they did it the other way around for a change and but the thing that's just been (laughs) annoying us is there's some people here who insist on calling them the proteas because the protea has taken over the place where the springbok was on the jersey or something so now they're saying no they're the proteas and we're like Okay, you need to get a grip. Okay, the Proteas are the cricket team. The Boca are the rugby players. Sheesh, that's one thing that's driving my kids nuts as well. Oh, but no. I mean, what, what news? <laughs> no, how are people overseas about the, the Boca winning against England? No, so excited. So excited. I think... Um, 
you know, just like what you just said about South Africans, what what we all love so much is when Sio Khaleesi and Jacqueline Bar, the, the coach, said mm-hmm. afterwards that, you know, one of the things that really helped them win was that they just had a no-excuses attitude. So even though they had a multitude of, you know, they hadn't been able to train because some of them had had COVID, blah, 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 blah. They just went out there and they knew that when they set foot, you guys were not going to accept any excuses. They just had to perform, they had to be in the moment, yeah. And um, and it's that really worked man. for them. Lot und zwei. <laughs> yeah. And and so that was brilliant. And and now we've got the next championship. I think it's the Castle Lager Rugby Championship mm-hmm. coming up this weekend. It it kicks off with um, South Africa and Argentina uh, in Port in. Yeah. I can never remember where they put the. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah. PE. Yes. PE at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be pretty exciting. And I think there's only one new guy in the team, Mm -hmm. and and the rest have all been sort of moved around. Okay, so so more rugby. It's rugby season. Our blood is green, yeah. Okay, so news for expats. Um, You're going to catch us up on that story about um, people losing their citizenship if they've been out of the country and got dual citizenship. Oh, I'm mad about it. So, you know, over the years, thousands of people have lost their South African citizenship because they didn't know that in 1995, October 95, that the law changed Mm. and you had to ask for permission, which means a letter, getting a letter of retention, which isn't too much problem unless you don't know about it. And and so the DA took the matter to court because thousands of people didn't know about it because it didn't exist before. So, you know, nobody's talking about it. When, when you're going for a new citizenship, the other South Africans around you don't say, hey, you know, you need to do this because nobody kind of knew about it. Yeah. And nor did people at the embassies themselves. So we have had... Oh, so many people tell us one person even went to South Africa to a home affairs office and was given the wrong advice. Anyway, the DA took it to court on behalf of all these people who've lost their citizenships. And unfortunately, the High Court has ruled that it remains and that, you know, all these people have lost their citizenship and can only get it back if they move back. They can't apply for it from abroad. So it means you've lost your passport, your ID book, you still retain residency. But but it has a lot of knock-on effects. And I think the thing I'm most devastated about is that Home Affairs says that these people did it by personal choice. And yet for the last 10 years, you know, since people have been realizing what's happened, Mm. we have received hundreds and hundreds of heartbroken messages from people who definitely did not lose it by personal choice. Yeah, well, I and, suppose and I that they're that saying, South you know, going to lose out, you know, what is that thing that ignorance of the law is not an excuse? Yeah, ignorance. Um, but I mean, how you? I mean, if it's if it's not put out there that it's become a big news story, people don't know about it. Don't. No, it's very very short sighted of this government. I think they're going to have a lot more people actually saying, right, that's it. Well, now We're, people are not going will. to be here anymore. Exactly, people will by personal choice now because they're so upset mm. by the handling of it, you know. And I just think, yeah, I think the knock on effect is that at the moment, if you retain your South African citizenship, it's a lot easier to invest in South Africa, to buy property, mm. you know, and to go on frequent holidays to South Africa. So I think it's crazy. Anyway. Oh, it's sad. It's Stay really that. sad. But, but, you know, there's one glimmer of hope mm-hmm. is that hopefully now, I mean, they're looking at it, but hopefully now the DA could take it to the constitutional court. Mm-hmm. 
that would be amazing because it is against the constitution. In the exactly. Constitution, that, that was their argument, yeah. So, so what are the judges the thinking at the high court when they're saying no, I mean, saying it's personal choice when the constitution guarantees you the right? Exactly, but because they're saying it's personal choice, that's their way around it. They're saying, yeah, you had the right, but your personal choice was to let it go. But it was not. It's a lie. They're taking their lie. cue from the government. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, let's not get onto that. Okay, what's, what's this about the SA being on the red list? Oh, in the UK, SA is on the red list. So South Africans, you know, anybody who spent the last two weeks in South Africa can't go into the UK. And there's a quarantine mm-hmm. that is, if you've been in South Africa, that is huge. It's thousands, mm-hmm. uh, thousands and thousands, and it's just gone up last week. So, so now some people have put together a petition on the UK's government website. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it gets to over 10,000, then the parliament has to respond. And if it gets to over 100,000, then they have to actually discuss it in Parliament. Mm-hmm. So right now, it is at 12,000, so they will have to respond. Okay. Um, and if anybody else, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, the UK lost over 131,000 people. So I understand their fear and wanting to protect their own people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, there's, uh, you know, the South African argument is that there are other countries that have worse COVID figures and they're being allowed in. And mm, mm. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, sheesh, man. Oh, by the way, just um, uh, as an aside, I, I don't know if um, you and I ever discussed Julia Albu, the woman who did my African oh, conquest. I saw. Yeah, she passed away last week. And um, so it's very sad, not from COVID-related. Um, she was old. She was the, just in case people haven't heard the story, she, at the age of 80, she decided, the hell with this. I've still got much more living to do and took her 20-year-old conquest, Toyota conquest, Tracy, and drove from Cape Town to London across Africa and she did it in some stages at one stage she did get a bit ill and come back but then she went back I think through, through to Kenya and then um, she was going to do the drive back and then um, she she just actually couldn't she was too ill and but then another guy from who she'd met um, I think in Kenya he was in England called Ged he drove Tracy all the way back down to Cape Town for her as well so I, I kept on interviewing them when I was on radio and what an amazing woman I mean in her 80s to have done something like that and I was supposed to have, when she was going to come back again I was going to meet up with her in Ethiopia and do a, a leg of the journey back with her as well I was so sad that I didn't get to do that but I remember you wrote a, you wrote a beautiful article about her for SAP yes. you did an interview with her which was fantastic in fact that got reprinted by other publications because it was so yeah, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be, have been instrumental in getting her book published as well because I just said to my publishers, listen, this woman's story is amazing. And then I helped her put together the the whole thing of getting the book to Jonathan Ball and said, right, you know, this is, and they took her immediately and her book is out. So if anybody wants to see or read about um, the most amazing story about this South African grand dame who decided to take on the wild on her own, please go and have a look at my African conquest online and you can also order the book. Anyway, that was my site. So news (laughs) from expats, Eric van Royen. PGA tour title. Yeah, really exciting. Eric recently um, relocated to Florida, where all the good South African tennis players, uh, South African golf players are. Golf you players, know, they're uh, called golfers. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. 
sorry. I'm also <laughs> tired. Um, golfers, golf players. Uh, you know what? I was thinking of Gary Player as I was saying it because Gary Player lives there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it's Gary, it's Ernie Else, it's Louis Oersthausen. And, you know, as Eric has said, he's, he's just really excited to be living there because he's going to be playing with the best. And you can only get better if you're playing against the best. Mm. He just had a baby a month, a, a less than a month ago. So it's kind of exciting. The, the PGA Tour actually posted a photo, and there is his baby sitting in the living room with the TV set in the background and Eric Aww. getting his first, yeah. So that was, that, that was gorgeous, got his first PGA Tour title, and he's really ambitious. And, but he really misses South Africa and his mom, and she phones him every day, misses her little boy. It's such a pity sports-wise. Um, I saw there was a sportsman. But he recently uh, wrote an open letter to President Ramaphosa saying, please let me be your new sports minister. Mm. Because there just it doesn't seem to be enough funds and, and things happening in South Africa. No, there aren't. And all they did is they just moved the deck chairs around on the Titanic when they decided to oh, reshuffle the such cabinet. such a pity. It's such a pity because Australia just got its first gold in men's double kayaking. Mm-hmm. And that was thanks to a lovely, also ambitious guy, Jean van der Westhuizen, who left South Africa at the age of 18 when he finished school and deliberately went to Australia to pursue his Olympic dream mm-hmm. because you know, he's living on the Gold Coast and it's all um, set up for them there mm-hmm. to to pursue these sporting goals. And and I think sporting goals are so important because they do inspire a nation. And, you know, you've seen what's just happened with the Springboks. It's, it's made everybody feel better. Mm-hmm. I think the government should put a little bit of money there. Uh, anyway, but um, I don't know if you saw, there was some beautiful story yesterday from a South African abroad in the UK saying that um, him and his wife are moving back to South Africa, saying thank you so much to the UK for you know a wonderful experience, mm. but that they just can't wait to be barefoot and kind of carefree back in South Africa and, and that they've really been inspired by recent events and how the country came together to help rebuild an even better nation. Mm. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed and keep touching wood. There, you can hear it. Okay, so what have we got in the way of local good news? Well, we got some interesting, some quirky news. I, I don't know if you heard about the skyquake no. on Sunday night. It, it woke up many, many people. What's a skyquake? Um, Hang on. Skyquake? <laughs> it's, it's an unexplained noise in the sky. Um, we had a, so, an earth tremor in Johannesburg about two weeks ago. We get them. Remember yes. that we used to get them quite a lot. Yeah. I know. I know. There was another one a couple of days ago, actually, um, near Pretoria. But um, this skyquake was one o'clock in the morning, Monday early morning, and but one person particularly did see the flashing light and a bit of an explosion. So it's likely that it was a meteor. It was not. It was an exploding UFO. Come on, let's be real about this. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's the eating Russians um, thing that went viral, which has been very funny and entertaining. Okay, I heard I heard about something to do with eating Russians on hot whatever it is 
1027 these days. But I didn't get what the story was. Please tell me what this is about that everybody's talking about. So it started on Twitter last week, and it is on SA People. We did share it, but we did say we thought it was a little suspect. So um, I don't think anybody was meant to actually fall for it. But basically, there was a video of an outraged Russian man speaking half English, half Russian with subtitles, just going, I cannot believe it. In South Africa, they are proudly eating Russians. And then, and then it showed a kind of a clip from a TV show where people are talking about it and going, oh, I love them thick and I love them raw and whatever. Uh, you know, they were obviously, saying, we're, talking about, we're talking about Russian sausages. Do the rest of the world not know about Russians? Well, that's what this video made out, like the rest of the world didn't know about Russian sausages. Is it a specifically it is, South I mean, African thing? It is, it is. Like and Burvos. I did a little bit of research. Yeah, I did a bit of research and it is from people either from Poland or Russia who came to South Africa just before the first um, Boer War, mm-hmm. uh, Anglo-Boer War. And they used to make these sausages and... Russians and so they are really lucky. I remember so, <laughs> eating lots of them when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I only ever ate them once and they were so awful and it was at a boyfriend's house and I... How I, could I you say they're awful? No, wait, <laughs> I politely ate them and then the brother came along and he was the only other one to have Russians and he went, oh my God, they're off. <laughs> oh no, oh no, that would have put you off for life, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, it turns out today all will be revealed that um, it's actually a campaign, I think, by Escort and Escort Sausages. Uh, okay, so, so watch your TV tonight and you'll see the first advert flighted. And it was a pretty cool, it was a really entertaining, it's, it's nice when advertisers when they do a Nando's, in other fun. words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so true. And I see you've got something here about the kiffness again. I know. Uh, he finally <laughs> put it all together, and it's called the Cat Jam EP, and half the proceeds are going to um, the Santon SPCA. So the oh, cats excellent. are winning, yeah, after all those cat songs. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah, that's one thing about I love about him is the fact that he actually does do these amazing things for communities as well. Yeah. Everybody should be doing it. I think most of the musicians and artists in this country are doing that, even though they're the people who have been hit the hardest by this pandemic and the lockdowns and everything. Yeah. So yeah. take your cue from the people who bring goodness into your lives, people. Okay, there we go. Right. And what have we got in the, <laughs> in the way of entertainment? Well, Showmax has announced today that uh, Showmax Pro will be live streaming um, all the English Premier League matches, which South Africans appear to love. <laughs> Not Melanie, she's yawning. Um, but, but, but that starts on Friday, mm-hmm. 13th of August. Oh, Friday the 13th. Hope, I hope it's a lucky one. And then I thought that you might love this one, but talking about Jessica and knowing that you only watch sports shows to see the countryside. There's a documentary available to South Africans and to people living abroad, so mm-hmm. anybody who has Showmax International. It's called Africa and I, and it's about a 20-year-old from Morocco who set off from Casablanca to Cape Town. He went through 24 countries, so you get to see a lot of Africa, and as he says, this is not the Africa I was warned about. With only $80, he just received you know, wonderful kindness and generosity wherever he went and has made it to Cape Town. But uh, haven't I spoken to you before about Joe Rust? 
Joe Rust was the first, uh, the, uh, the fastest time from Johannesburg to Cape Town on a bicycle. Then she decided she wanted to go around. So she did the whole of the, uh, the beach section of Southern, of Southern yeah, Africa. Beautiful. And then she said, no, she wants to ride through Africa on a bicycle. And I think she got as far as Angola and ran into trouble. And then she thought, okay, fine, I want to do this, but let me do it on a motorbike, having never ridden a motorbike before. Okay, so she's written a book about this, and I've done an interview with her. So you can always find that on the reading room if you want to go into the podcast. And she, on her own, rode from Cape Town. She did the whole of the circumference of Africa on oh, a motorbike, amazing. on her own. She's absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, she's, she's you a… should do it. No. On a Harley. No. No, oh gosh, no, no. She had like, she learned, she had to become a mechanic. Go and check out her story. And as I said, put a link to her story and her book because she's just amazing. She's from Joburg. Fantastic. Like she, she did all of this because she needed to get through a whole lot of mental issues that she was going through. She was in chronic depression, bipolar, this, that, and the other. So she decided, you know what? I'm going to do this and I can prove to myself that I'm going to be fantastic at doing something. So it's lovely. I mean, it's lovely you've got a, a young boy doing it, but when you have a woman doing it on her own, like Julia did all the way through on, in a car, this was on a motorbike and she'd never ridden a motorbike before. Her story is fantastic. Oh, so we've beautiful. got so many amazing South Africans doing some fantastic stuff. All right. And what have we got coming up? Oh, another South African expat. Her name's Liesl Tommy. You may have heard of her. She's directed stuff on stage in New York and everything. Mm -hmm. she, she's actually been living in America since her family moved there when she was 15. But um, she's very proudly South African. Always, you know, she, she's like you. She pushes for African people to represent African people in movies, you mm -hmm. know. And anyway, she... The, the, Respect is coming out soon, um, mm. which is the movie biopic about Aretha Franklin starring Jennifer yeah. Hudson. And, um, and Liesl Tommy has directed it. So, Fantastic. So we've got a story coming up on her. Um, Brilliant. Somebody who makes us really proud. Yeah. Well, there's so many wonderful things for people to be looking at um, on the site at the moment and reasons to be proud to be South African. So please do get along to sapeople.com or onto the Facebook page. Go and share your pictures. I see that lots of pictures from Agi Ofenos, of course, of Cape Town. And um, I think you should try and get Andrew Baxter with his fantastic pictures of Protea and Erica's at night on the mountain in Cape Town in Kirstenbosch. Go and have a look at those too. Put them up on your page. His stuff is phenomenal. Okay. I think we have featured his, his proteas that look like fireworks. Before. Fireworks, yes. Amazing. Oh, brilliant stuff. I mean, there's just so much beauty to be found in this country as long as we don't get bogged down in the politics of it all. That's why we like to talk about the stuff that we talk about, not so, Jenny. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. well, thank you very much. And except for your no, you met Lekka Blay. Okay. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> She's kind of looking at <laughs> yeah, me physically. Bo, yeah, <laughs> yeah bo. And of course, to everybody else as well, please stay safe. Come and support, check out what the Saffers are doing and let us know what your news is and we'll catch up with you again next week. Take care. Thank Enjoy you. the weather, Jane. Bye. And can I just say, please buy South African wine wherever you are in the world because it'll help the South Africans. Absolutely. Go proudly South African. Yeah. Bye. There we Thank go. you. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.